I think that's, and that's what we really want people to help people do is to sort of think about how do you experiment your way forward? How do you kind of do things that give you baby steps in different directions so that you're trying new things and you're figuring out a path through experimentation versus making a decision and going. And so that's one of the sort of muscles that we have people flex when we bring them through our courses is that, you know, it isn't about one and done. You know, it's about trying a lot of different things and trying new things and then figuring out what works for you and what lights you up. And so it is a time that you can sort of amp your curiosity, but also amp your sort of experimentation and how do I how do I create things that I'm going to just try and do because it's it is your time and you want to be proactive with it. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's podcast. I'm your host Agnes Knowles. Boomer women. Are we wise women? Are we mavens? Are we crones? Hell yeah. And we're also still curious, fun-loving, interesting, the list goes on. This podcast is for you. My guests are folk who have a message for our demographic. And if you want to hear a specific message, let me know and I'll find the guests. This podcast is also a conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. I try and let my guests have the greater say... And usually we fit in a good laugh or two. Listen in now to today's guest. Retirement is in need of a reboot. That opening line can be taken so many ways. The concept of retirement today is nothing like it was for our parents. I've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast who try to avoid the word and then they struggle for another word to define this next phase of life. I like to say it's that time of life when you've given up the nine to five, but you haven't given up on life. Choices abound nowadays, plus we're living longer. And sometimes you need help sorting through it all. With any luck, that sorting through starts before you do actually give up the nine to five. But if it doesn't, it's not too late. My guest today, along with her partner, had careers in the financial sector, and it was only with their own retirement that, and I quote, they had the epiphany that retirement wasn't just about finances, it's also about life. And it shouldn't mean an end, but instead a new chapter, one tailored to each individual's desires. Nan Ives, welcome to the Boomer Woman's podcast. Thanks for having me, Agnes. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I want to start with your career. It sounds like you spent most of your time making sure people were prepared financially for retirement, forgetting all the time that there is more to life than money, and perhaps even more to life with money. Can you talk about your career and that epiphany? Sure. So I worked at America's retirement company, Fidelity Investments, for my most of my career, 27 years. And so we talked about retirement every day that I went to work. And it was always about the finances. And that was my understanding. That was my point of view. And we marketed, you know, we had millions and millions of customers and it was always about the money. And so I was lucky because Fidelity had a wonderful 
you know, 401k and they offered me an early retirement package. So I was like, oh, good. I've been there 27 years. I'm ready for my next chapter. I'll take it. I'll go explore what's next. And then I started to tell people like, I I thought I understood retirement until I retired (laughs) because I had this epiphany that like, okay, I've got the finances, but what am I going to do? And, you know, at first there's a honeymoon period and I'm going to have a golfer. So I played 55 rounds of golf. I became a single digit, you know, handicap in the awe of many people, but it wasn't enough. And I traveled and I, I just wasn't like, what am I doing? So then I thought, well, maybe I should work some more, whatever. And I, I got some gigs that people offered me and I was like, well, you want to do this. Why am I saying yes to these things that I used to do? I don't want to do this anymore. But I had no roadmap for sort of what was in front of me. And it got sort of my curiosity up. Like, how do people actually go off and sort of recapture a sense of purpose? You know, where's their fulfillment? What does life look like? Like, how do you rebalance your life after you've been working nine to five, you know, at a very busy company, which was 50, 60 plus hours a week. And then one day it goes away and you have an empty calendar. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who was an expert in leadership development. She's a career coach. And I was like, I'm having this problem about retirement and what my life is. And she was like, said, ironically, I've gotten talking to a lot of people who are saying the same thing. And she said, I'm, she was actually still working at the time. I'm planning for my kids' college. And there's all sorts of resources to plan your life at that stage in your point life. Why are there no resources to help life planning. And so that's kind of where we ended up getting incredibly curious about how do we how do people rebalance their life and strike the right balance of sort of purpose, family fun, giving back whatever that is, but how do you sort of rewrite the next chapter and what's that roadmap? So you talk about a reboot, that's the line I used to open with. Where did that come from? Just is it sort of a computer <laughs> Just because finances, finances, finance, like it, it, there was, I, I think I was like kind of stepped back and thought no one actually talked about life when I was at Fidelity. And then also in my own planning with my financial advisor, she would ask me questions like, where do you want to live? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> How much are you going to spend? I don't know. Like, so I'm answering questions to a retirement plan that's all about money or maybe where maybe my lifestyle and you know where my home is going to be but that that was the end of the discussion and that just seemed very sort of short-sighted in all that you know I have ahead of me and as you mentioned earlier people are living to 100 and having very robust lives so for the next 30 years I'm answering questions that I can't answer and so that's when we decided that retirement the way it's positioned needs a reboot. The other thing we did is we did a quick search on, you know, what does retirement mean? If you do that, that's just bone chilling because it says the end, you know, retreatment, you know, retreating. It was like every word that's synonymous with retirement is not very uplifting or very positive. And so that's when we were like, there's something, there's something wrong here. I used to ride motorcycle and a a friend of mine uh, who also rides used to say retirement is just like your car. Like if you're going to do something new or branch out to something else, you put new tires on that vehicle. Uh, You know, same same on the bike. If you're going to go 
mountain climbing or whatever, you put different tires on. I sort of like that because it's like, like, what is this next phase going to look like and what, what do we need to do to, to prep for it? Uh, so I always like that, that analogy. Absolutely. And, you know, we actually, in, in, and how we designed our, our program and our business is we actually talked to 50 people. And so we heard amazing stories. But what I think what really struck us was that people actually transformed. And so they used their skills and their experiences. We like to call them their gifts and their passions in a whole new way. And so instead of just saying, I'm going to do more of the same on my career, or I should say less of the same in a different capacity. Yeah. How do, what is the transformation and how can you take something that is inherently in your DNA and what you're good at and what you like to do? And how do you completely look at life in a whole different lens and do something completely different than what you did when you were working. And that that's kind of the premise of the future view is we want people to really think about how do you how do you reflect on your life and then completely do something different that really lights you up and 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 gets you get you out of bed in the morning and gets you excited to to keep going. Well, and I think too, you know, as as your financial advisor asked you, you know, where do you want to live? What do you want to do? You know, it's things that in the last 20 years, probably of that nine to five, we go, oh, yeah, you know, I wonder or, you know, gee, I'd, I'd like to do this. or I'd like to do that. But when the big day comes and you get the golden handshake and you then have to say to yourself, you've a forgotten some of the questions until confronted with them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've thought about what philanthropy, where, well, where you want to live, lifestyle, family, what sort of fun things? I mean, as you say, you can only play so many games of golf before it's like, okay, what's next? And it sounds like you incorporate all that. Yeah, we, we do. We actually, so interviewing 50 people, we sort of heard a wide spectrum of experiences and people planning for and living in retirement. And we found people who were kind of unsettled and kind of stuck. And they said, retirement's really hard. You know, a couple of people we spoke with that said, you should talk to my mother. It breaks my heart. She had this wonderful career. And now I don't feel like she has any purpose. She's, you know, sleeps a lot. She watches TV and it it was heartbreaking. And there were, and there were people who said, I never thought retirement was going to be this hard. We, we paint this as this idyllic time in our lives that, you know, everything's going to be fantastic. You don't have to work anymore. And they were really kind of unsettled and stuck. And then we met a bunch of people who were like actually kicking the can down the road. They were still working. They were like, I have the money, but I don't know how I'm going to spend my time on next year, next year, next year. And so there were these people who were like, we called them cautiously optimistic that they, I got the finances, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And then on the other spectrum, on the end, other end of the spectrum, we found these people who were like, excited and engaged and people who were like in their one woman was 69 years old and she started a consulting business somebody else had taken all their skills as a marketer and was like a serial crafter and now he has a he's an artist and he has a business another person loved broadway and so and she was in healthcare and she's like i went to her local radio station and started I asked if I could do a radio show. I had no idea what I was doing. And I love Broadway. And now she has a radio show um, at a local community radio station. And it's incredibly popular. And she then started to find 
people in bra who are like in that space and artists and she's like helps them get gigs different places and she doesn't get paid for any of this but boy she's lit up by the life that she has and she's using her skills in sort of sales and marketing in a way but her passion is all about broadway theater and broadway music and so those stories really those stories really got us sort of excited and charged up about the possibilities of doing something completely different in this next chapter. And, you know, we, we also met people who were like, well, I used to do this and now I'm part-time doing the same thing. Sure. They were fulfilled, but they were, you know, that was kind of all they knew because I think they weren't, they didn't have the sort of skill. Well, I don't know the mindset to sort of transform and do something different. Well, and I think, too, by this age, you know, if you've spent 30 years in a position, a career, you define yourself often by the career, by the office, by your coworkers, and take everything away. And yeah, as you found, there, there's this big chasm. And, and what do you do next? And so I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. When you're faced with that chasm, you don't sort of go like, oh, oh, gee, I need to regroup now. So let me think of the important questions. You just sort of go like, ah. And you know what was also interesting? You do. And you might do that internally. But people would come up to me, mostly on the golf course, and say, gosh, you're retired. Isn't that great? So people had this utopia's vision of what retirement was. And I, I started to be like, well, it's it's okay, but it's really different. And once you started that conversation, you got a few more people sort of admitting like, yeah, it was really hard, or it took me a couple of years to actually figure that out. And we always say that some people transform and some people settle, but the conversation is really important to have to say, this is, this is a lot harder than what we've, you know, what we've painted as utopia, because a, you don't have to work again. Like, oh my gosh, I never have to work again. But what if you wanted to work, right? doesn't mean you have to work nine to five and work at Fidelity Investments, but you could become an entrepreneur, which I never thought I would do at this, this phase of my life. But I have I am so engaged and charged up and I have good balance too. So it's not like I don't, we always say we, we like to have the perks of retirement um, because we are still doing things that are, we have our free time. So it's been a, it's been a wonderful journey for me of sort of, you know, what am I going to do to then end up in this space, which has been just amazing. And people will ask me like, how many hours do you work? I get that question a lot. Like how many hours are you working? I'm like, even no, because none of it feels like work. I'm learning. I've, you know, it, I'm learning. I'm doing new things. I'm helping people, which is also like so important. So it's 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 amazing like space that I'm in, and I I've never been as satisfied in my life as I am today, right now. Two thoughts is first of all, I think when you're on the pre-retirement side of that age, whatever that age might be, but consumes your thoughts is the fact of no more nine to five do the little happy dance right, exactly yeah and not realizing that get rid of the nine to five and what is there you don't think about that but but also once you're there you have those freedoms of time you know you say you don't know how many hours you work if you want to call it work but it sounds like you are choosing how to fill those hours in a day Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And so 
I think that's, and that's what we really want people to help people do is to sort of think about how do you experiment your way forward? How do you kind of do things that give you baby steps in different directions so that you're trying new things and you're figuring out a path through experimentation versus making a decision and going. And so that's one of the sort of muscles that we have people sort of flex when we bring them through our courses is that, you know, it isn't about one and done. You know, it's about trying a lot of different things and trying new things and then figuring out what works for you and what lights you up. And so it is a time that you can sort of amp your curiosity, but also amp your sort of experimentation and how do I how do I create things that I'm going to just try and do because it's it is your time and you want to be proactive with it versus when you're working you know it's like a fire hose of what do I have to do next and so this time gives you the ability to sort of look in different directions but it's a skill that not everyone has you know if you've been a career CPA I'm just using that as an example at one company like me, and you've done the same job all of your life, you're not used to like going off and doing different things. You know your your role and your job. And all of a sudden you're, we're saying to you, go off and try a lot of different things. And that's a it's a different sort of lens that you need to have to really figure out what sticks and what you want to do. I want to touch on family for a moment. I'm a grandmother. Uh, I know that I'm always available for my mom, always, always available for my grandchildren, but they're not always available for me. You know, they've got school, they've got sports, they've got extracurricular, all that sort of stuff. Do you find that a certain number of people in retirement age sort of think, oh, I can be a full-time grandparent and not realize that the reality is not quite the same? Yeah. We we always say that there's people think about retirement as three G's is golf, gardening, and grandkids. And, you know, we have heard, we heard a couple stories from people who said one woman moved from Texas to be closer to her family and the kids weren't available. So her whole mentality was, I'm going to pick up and move and be closer to my grandkids and they're not available. And so that I, I could hear some heartache in some of those stories but also the reality is like these kids your your grandkids have their own lives your kids have their own lives and they want you in their lives but that you shouldn't make your whole life around your your grandkids unless that that works for you but i think if that's your only plan time to think broader and think sort of a you know, have that as one aspect, one aspect of your life portfolio should be your, your family, but what else do you have? Yeah. Another thing that I hear from other people my age is philanthropy. You know, they have the time now, uh, hopefully they have the money, but even just having that time, how big of a factor is philanthropy in, uh, in what you've seen? Yeah, I you know what we we look at so we've created this tool called the life portfolio and there's five sectors of your life and it's family, fun, giving back, philanthropy and then work if you want. And so we have people sort of analyze those five areas of your life and if you want to give back great, you have the opportunity to do it, but it's not that sort of like okay, I'm now retired, I'm going to just go off and and volunteer or do whatever. I think it it really is, again, a personal choice where if it fits with your gifts and your passions, absolutely. But 
you know, a lot of people will go off and just say, I'm going to go work at, you know, or help at this organization. But we always kind of challenge them to say, "Is does that light you up? Does that get you excited? Is that what you want to do? So I think it's an important tenet. It doesn't mean that that's all you do. And then there are people who say, that's not what I want to do. And so we try to get people to really sort of think about their life portfolio in those five sectors, and then be very deliberate about where you might want to spend your time. And if you want to be do something in service, don't jump on a board for three years, test it out, right? Go out, go to a couple board meetings or go do some service work and, and see if it works. Because I think what happens also is people make these decisions like, I'm going to be on a board and the next thing, you know, you're in a board for three years and you're like, that was not a great experience for me. So again, it's that sort of, how do you get the sample versus, you know, eating the entire ice cream sundae? So we want people to really think about being deliberate in and do it in in sort of baby steps. Um, and if it if that's what you want to do, fantastic. But it doesn't mean you're going to do grandkids and service. And that's what life and retirement's all about. Now, I think you don't have to go far in life on the internet anywhere at all to hear about the advantages in aging of learning. You know, it keeps us young. It keeps us curiosity, like all that sort of stuff. Do you find that's a mainstay with your clients? That we do really try to get people to have a mentality of like a beginner's mindset. Like, you you know, you arrive at this moment and you think, I know everything. You know, I'm a great marketer. I know. And but you don't. And you like if you have a beginner's mindset, you're willing to go off and learn new things. And I think learning is is key to this point in time, because I think we, you know, we are the elder states people. And so we're supposed to know everything. We don't know everything and you can learn and do new things. And so I think that for me has been such a, an important part of the journey of, as we built the future of you is like, I'm out building websites. I don't know what I'm just, you know, but I'm now learning. I've learned my technology. You probably know this and doing your, your podcast, like, and people are like, how do you know how to do this? I'm like, I don't, but I just try it and figure it out. And, and you, it's amazing. Like, especially with, I think tech has become much easier to use, but like, you know, people my age are afraid of tech and I'm jumping in and learning and doing all these things, but it, takes that mindset of, I'm just going to try it out. And if I, I get stuck, I'll figure it out or get on chat or whatever. But that learning piece is, I think, I think that is the key to one of the keys to longevity. I think community is also important. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just on that whole learning thing that, you know, I can identify that completely because I, first of all, it, it started out that I didn't want to keep on paying for updates to my website. <laughs> so I did jump in and I'm doing the same thing now. I create websites for people and and I cannot get enough. It, and it's if you'd asked me 15 years ago uh, how techie I was, I would have laughed at you. And yet here I am for many people, I'm the go-to person. So uh, yeah, it's kind of fun how. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, working in a big company like Fidelity with 50 plus thousand people, like, you know, often you don't do things yourself, you know, you're like, can you do the tech? Can you do this? You know, if you, it's not, you have a problem with your computer, you're calling the 800 number and somebody's showing up and helping you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I got to figure this out all on my own. And at first it's a little bit sort of 
stifling and like, you know, you feel kind of frozen. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can figure this out. I'm not going to break anything, but I can figure it out. But it is a huge mindset shift because you're like, I had all sorts of people helping me in my career. And, and now I'm like, oh, tech support, this isn't working. Yes. <laughs> well, a little sideline here is when I worked at the big company, uh, it, our tech guy was remote because we were spread right across Canada. And he would always call me to go to this person's computer because he knew I knew so little that I would only do what I, he told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing now. I wouldn't jump in there at all. I'd just sit there and wait for the next order because I was yeah, so bad at it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, fun. Fun. Where does, you know, we got to have oh, fun. No, no, fun is that there are perks in retirement, like no <laughs> alarm clocks, like making sure you have time for fun. You know, I think that is, that's key. Like we, this is not about giving up the fun. It's about figuring out where that fun fits and what does that fun look like for you, right? And I think, you know, you people need joy in this time of your life. And, you know, whatever fun is for you might be different for, for me. And like I said, I haven't given up my golf. I still love it. I might not play 55 rounds, but that's okay. And so I think, yeah, it, it, you know, if you're not having fun after working as hard as we have, that's, that is kind of a shame. And I think that if you don't have purpose, you know, fun might be secondary to it. So, you know, I, I almost like think purpose needs to be so inherent in this chapter and the, you'll get fun out of purpose, but it's, it's important to make sure you got time for you because probably your entire life, you've been doing things for other people, your family, your, you know, your, your organization that you worked for. And this is a time where you can enjoy time for yourself, whatever that might be. If it's simple as walking the dog, fine. But yeah, but make sure there's there's time for fun. It reminds me of the old wagon wheel, you know, with the different spokes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think also sometimes like you talked about learning and curiosity, like fun can have learning and curiosity. You could go off and do things that are like completely new. And that, you know, and it's an experiment and you might try it, but it doesn't mean that you're just going to, you know, I've gardened all my life, so I'm going to just do more gardening. It should be a time where you're you're trying new things on a, on a variety of levels. Right. Now, you talk about the baby boomer generation reinventing retirement. I think we've discussed a big bunch of that, like uh, just in terms of we're living longer. Uh, you know, we maybe have more financial resources than our parents did. All sorts of things. Is that what we've been talking about? Is there more in terms of how baby boomers are reinventing retirement? Well, you know, it's interesting. I I did a piece of work um, at Fidelity on the multi-generational workforce. And so I kind of studied, you know, it was when the millennials were all com coming in and all the baby boomers were like, who are these people? And so I was tasked with like coming back to, they said, let's study millennials. And I said, well, let's study them all. And so we had sort of the multi-generational workforce. And I did this presentation all over the firm. But what was interesting is the baby boomers was the hardest working generation largest and hardest working generation ever. And so their careers are really important to them. And so if you think about our parents' generation, who were probably off to war, 
you know, they had one job their entire life. Um, they didn't maybe live long after retirement, but this is a generation that has kind of transformed careers in working. And so the thought of thinking that the thought of like, okay, today I'm just not going to do anything else is, is I think it's just not in our DNA. And so I think that's really interesting to think about baby boomers. First of all, 10,000 people a day turn 65. That started in 2011. It's going until 2030. There's going to be 70 million people who are over the age of 65 by, you know, in seven years. But it's a generation that has really defined had been defined by their careers. And so I think they're re they're redefining retirement because they kind of redefined sort of work and career and became very career focused. And so how, you know, what is your identity and your your identity in the next chapter? It's it's different. And I think there are a lot of people who are, you know, they're they're working in different ways. It doesn't mean they're working for a company. And there's like, I think there's some stat out there on how many people over the age of 60 are becoming entrepreneurs because they've got the skills, they've got the experience, and they've got, like I said, a lot of gas in their tank to do more. So so I think it is they're doing they're redefining it in in many ways. And it's it's exciting to see because. You know, it shouldn't be retirement should not be the day that sort of life ends because you you stop the rigors of the nine to five. One thing I've always thought would be a fabulous idea when I rule the world <laughs> <laughs> is just the concept of the baby boomers who are now either retired or for those of them who are approaching retirement, they want to scale back, but they're not quite ready to give it up completely. All those millennials and Gen Xers and all those to do that sort of because it's going to be a brain drain basically in in many areas. Oh yeah, when absolutely. Baby boomers, mm -hmm. but to do like almost like a job share uh, mentoring program, does that actually exist? I just think it's such a good idea. You know, it's interesting because there were some organizations that did that. So there were organizations that did sort of like, okay, I'll take you out of your job and you can mentor and then move on. Not as many as you would hope. And we actually do, our, we have an accelerator workshop that we do within corporations. And so what it does is it helps people prepare for life and retirement, but it also helps the organization think about knowledge transfer. You know, maybe there are some different jobs that these people can do because there was a time when you were really quietly ready to retire. And then one day you're like, okay, I'm retiring. You give two weeks notice and you're out, which is you know, crazy given the knowledge that you have and the experience and the skills. So it's a way for organizations to really help with that, that knowledge transfer, but also there may be other ways that they can utilize these or these employees, especially as you look out and see the number of open jobs today, it's going to, it's going to escalate. So how do you, how do you retain that talent in a way that works for them and works for you? And I, I, I see that as, as a, a future sort of focus of organizations. I think part of what ends up happening and in, in conversations we've had of people like, oh, we're going to offer a retirement course do you think we're pushing them out? You know, that mentality like, oh, we're just pushing you out versus, oh, no, no, we want to help you. And maybe there's a, there's some real benefit to you helping us in certain ways. 
but we you got to get the dialogue around retirement different within the within the organization and the corporation because it it shouldn't be this like one day you pop up and you're like okay two weeks I'm out you know and and we had early retirement so we had to raise our hand based on based on a financial incentive but they you know they had six months we had like two months to decide and then we were gone in six months which you know, I and I I know a lot of people who still work there, and they said that was a real jolt to the organization having all those people with long tenure walk out the door on the same day. So I do think corporations need to get a little bit smarter around helping people. I think it's a great benefit, and then I also think there's a great benefit to the organization. Well, you hear also about people who, uh, you know, they they take the big retirement. And then they go back to the same organization as a consultant, exactly. earning three times as much. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that happen too. Yes, because I don't think they really planned for what they were going to do. They walked out the door and then, like, they retreated back to. And yeah, financially, maybe that's fantastic, but you just retreated back to something that you left. So, you know, again, we try to help people sort of use their skills and think about life differently. And you may have income that you might earn, or maybe you don't, but, you know, running back to the same organization to consult, I don't want to judge anyone, but it feels a little bit like a cop out to me, like, okay, that's felt easy, right? And, you know, that might be okay, but like, is there a different way to look at this next chapter? And, and what does, and how can you sort of, you know, figure out what you want to do versus what you have to do. Uh, I'll be devil's advocate for a moment and, and suggest that the, the corporation should perhaps have considered taking advantage of that knowledge before this person left so they wouldn't have to spend three three times as much money it to get them back in the door. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I saw that happen a lot, but it is yeah, we're speaking at some HR conferences. And so there is there is some momentum around having people help them, you know, as a as an employee benefit to help them think about life and retirement. And it's it's not a way to push them out, but it's it's an incredible benefit because it's a population of employees that you're probably not serving. You're you're probably serving your, you know, your millennials or your emerging leaders, and you've got this big talent pool who is who's there that you're not. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but typically that's not the population that the organization focuses on. It's kind of the emerging leaders. You know, if a corporation takes on retirement planning, whatever, for those older employees, I can see that the older employee might think that they're getting the little push out the door. But is it the kind of thing that once they're out the door, they look back and say, well, thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, we found that people are really appreciative of the benefit that that they offered to them. And we found people who were, you know, doing the kick in the can down the road thing and like a next year, next year, next year. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, I have a plan. Like I never had a plan. I was just going to keep staying here forever. And so. I think, you know, having you have that lens of, yes, it's going to benefit the organization, but it also helps the, the individual is it's just a win win for um, organizations that are very people focused and want to be one of the top places to work. It should be you're thinking about this population of employees as well. This might be the right time to bring up the big M word mindset. 
Oh, huge. It's huge. <laughs> huge. We, we actually do a whole a piece of our workshop on having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And ironically, uh, my grandson was in kindergarten last year and he came home with growth mindset and fixed mindset. And like, so I, I emailed the teacher and I'm like, oh my God, this is brilliant because this is what we teach because you do have a fixed mindset around retirement. Like this is all I can do. I have a narrow focus on what it is, but if you have a growth mindset, you're thinking I can do anything. And so mindset is so, so important. And I don't, and I don't think people realize the stereotypes around retirement and how much that influences what I can do versus what I want to do, because it is, you know, it's early bird specials and bingo, right? I mean, if you go back to end golfing and grandkids and, you know, all of that, but like, if you have a growth mindset, you can do anything. So mindset is super, super important. And, and we, it's actually one of the first things we do to get people to think differently about this chapter. Right. Sorry. <laughs> you distracted me with, uh, what was it? Uh, early bird special and bingo. <laughs> did, you, did you meet my right. mother? <laughs> right. I, I was in Florida um, with my parents. Yeah. Trying to go out to dinner at five o'clock. It's like, wow, it's busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I still go out. This is totally sideways. I still go out with an elderly friend of mine and he has taken a shine to my grandson. So whenever we go out, I say to my grandson, be prepared that you're going to be the youngest person in the restaurant. <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to be the second youngest person <laughs> in the restaurant. And he's great. He's he's very loving of this man. So it's, it works out well. Okay. You talk about, uh, I got it, I wrote this down, design thinking. Can you explain that in terms of everything we're talking about? So design thinking is a methodology that came out of Stanford University. And really the concept is if you want to understand people, you need to immerse yourselves in the human experience. And so the concept is that in order to solve problems, you need to walk in people's shoes. And so we use the methodology of design thinking to immerse ourselves in the pre-retiree and the retiree experience. And so the first thing we did was we went out and interviewed 50 people. And you hear stories and you like you get insight on like, oh, how do these people transform or why are they stuck? And so, you know, when you get 50 interviews, you got lots of insights and then you define the problem like and the problem is, you know, how do I find purpose and fulfillment in this next chapter while still having the perks? And then from there, you come up with like a solution that you want to just test. So it's all about doing things pretty rapidly to sort of test and learn and to say, this worked, this didn't work. And so what we did is we came up with the concept of let's run a six-week workshop. And uh, we literally put it on LinkedIn. We had no, we had kind of an idea on content, but we had nothing other than let's do a six-week workshop. And in a day, we had 15 people who said, yeah, I want to join your workshop. So in like four weeks, we designed and iterated a workshop with users. And so the concept is, if you want to design a solution, don't go into a corner and do it by yourself. You do it directly with your end users. And so from there, we created a six-week workshop. And then we took that same workshop and created a digital version of the future view. But it's a methodology that we used it extensively at Fidelity all the big corporations using it, but it is really the concept of 
immersing yourself in the human experience to understand what people are experiencing, what problems they have, and then testing out a solution and then and then iterating and prototyping and moving forward. So, you know, instead of coming up with like, here's our big solution, you're doing it as a sort of iterative process directly with those people that you're solving for. Now, out of 50 interviews, were there a few people who seemed to have it figured out, like they were happy, they were contributing? They Does that help with some of your solution finding? Absolutely. And so what we found is that we actually started interviewing people at different points in their career. So we wanted retirees, but we also thought, let's learn about people's careers. And there were people who had changed jobs and jumped over here. And somebody worked at American Express. And then he went, I went to Argentina and did something like these people, we call them risk takers. And they, they, they knew about transformation because they did it their entire life. If you've been sitting in a, the same job all of your life, you, you, that, you don't have that sort of DNA of I'm going to just go try things. And so that's what we try to have people do is sort of like, how do you transform? It's because you're you're willing to try new things and go in different directions. And like we mentioned earlier, you have a bigger beginner's mindset. And that really was what I think was the formula for these people who had transformed in retirement. They were willing to try new things and going out and having conversations and not having any preconceived notion of, am I good at this? Do I want to do this? I don't know. I'm just in like an exploration piece. So that was really the formula for those people who had transformed. And and you, you see it from people who have like managed their careers differently than, you know, people like me who stayed at the same corporation my entire life. Right. Right. You say that there's three lessons retirees learn too late. What are those? To start thinking about retirement before you retire. Like there is a little bit of a, like, how do you plan and how do you start, like, and I always say, like, start retiring before you retire. <laughs> like, if you have an idea, go out and try things. You know, the the mentality of I know everything, you know, I don't like that sort of learning piece. And then I think the other thing is, is just the not being complacent, right? I mean, there is this kind of complacency to this stage in your life that you want to be able to just go out and try new things. And so I think it's, it is, you mentioned mindset, Agnes, it's about mindset and it's about sort of getting out and exploring the world. Interesting word complacency, because I can see that, you know, as you get further along in your career, all the pieces are in place, everything's working, but retirement is something totally different. So you you can't get too complacent because, you know, and stuff happens anyways. You know, like the company goes bankrupt or whatever, like just you've always got to be sort of ready to move, whatever that looks like. Absolutely. And and again, I think if you I'm going to go back to mindset, if you've got the right mindset that you're willing to go out and like, I'm going to just go and try this. And and you got to also like you got to shut down the noise because there are people who are like, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? Like there's a lot of people who are judging you. Um, in subtle ways. And you just have to like get the noise out and say, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm just going to try it. And, and I think that, you know, having that sort of, sort of spirit of curiosity and going out and just like, looking, like, think about you're in kindergarten and you're starting your life over. Like, that's a whole, you're seeing the world in, in a whole new 
everything's new if you're in kindergarten, first grade. You know, when you get to be in your 60s, nothing feels that new, but it can be. And so that's, I think, super, super important to just amp up curiosity and, and learning and excitement. I would suggest in this day and age, too, that there's a kajillion things that are new. <laughs> True. <laughs> absolutely. Know, right. Yeah. Every time you turn around. It's, yes. Uh, yeah, it's and keep the TV off. Like get off Facebook, get off TV. Like that's all like time consuming stuff that doesn't help you, you know. Well, as you say, noise. Yes. <laughs> Okay, did I just bring up that financial side for a moment? Uh, baby boomers run the gamut. Some are super well-prepared financially, others less well so. Um, I think we can agree that life can be easier with money. Do you have a message for someone with a lot of energy, but perhaps a little less money, fewer funds? Yeah, we, we don't really get much into the financial side of retirement in our program, but we talk about minding your money, like being, so you can be, if you don't have the same, you know, 401k, because you might need to do some more work, but that's okay. What does that look like? And maybe you could earn money doing something, you know, maybe you become a baker because you've loved to bake all, all of your life. And but you were like, you know, in finance or in marketing, whatever it might be, like, think about how do you find some passion that you want, that you like doing that could give you some income. And I think the mentality of like, one day we're never going to earn any more income seems, that seems dated as well too. Like, why can't you keep working until your eighties in your own capacity, right? Working for someone else, you know, full-time, that might not be the most fulfilling thing, but could you figure out like become an entrepreneur or again, like if you're, if you love to bake, find a bakery to work at because you'll have some income and you'll, and you won't mind going off and, and going to do it. So I think there's a, so we always say mind your money and think about how does your, how does, how can you sort of propel your lifestyle with a mentality that you know, a financial planner will say, this is the day you stop working and stop earning income. But I think that's that feels a little dated as well. I think the story that comes to mind for me is many years ago, I met a woman who I think she just took so much for granted and she retired. Her husband died shortly thereafter. I think he'd been handling finances and suddenly she wasn't making enough money to make ends meet. She mm -hmm. literally sold her vehicle and then she was looking at selling her house and and I just went, oh my goodness! Like I, I just found that so frightening, and certainly, you got to sound the, the for whom the bell tolls or whatever that phrase is. You know, like you've got to ring that bell and say, know what's going on, figure it out. You know, like ignorance is not bliss. No, especially women. And we did a, had a big initiative around women investors at Fidelity because unfortunately, there that that responsibility tended to fall upon the the male figure in the in the family and it is something that we all need to learn about and understand it doesn't mean you need to be a stock picker but you do need to understand finances and i think also important to understand like your your family's finances and what that looks like so just ignoring it and ex expecting somebody else to do it is it is short-sighted but and, and, you know, it's interesting, women are actually better investors than men. And there's a lot of research around that, but they don't do it. So, you know, 
uh, some of our, our women fund managers were some of the top performing ones. But so, but I think women especially need to get out and understand the financial side of life, especially at this point, because that's a heart, that's a heartbreaking story. And to start selling off your, your, you know, your house and your, your car is just, that's just, that breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want boomers to think about? Some are approaching retirement, some are already there any i think that this is a time that you should spend time planning what you want to do don't just go into retirement and say you're going to figure it out and there may be a little bit of that but i do think that this time in your life requires a life plan and you know it doesn't mean it's nothing that can't ebb and flow and change but like to just sort of one day think you're going to wake up with an empty calendar and the, and the excitement of not having the alarm clock go off at 6 a.m. and having to be on Zoom meetings all day or going into the office is really wonderful. But like, how do you how do you be deliberate and thinking about what's next for you? And that really is why we built the future of you, because we realize a lot of people don't plan this part of your life. And if you think about it, OK, so you go to school, you get a job. You maybe get married, you raise a family, maybe like your whole life has been kind of predetermined in certain ways. Yeah, your career is different and, you know, who you might marry might be different, but or not. But when you get to this part, so you got 60 years of planning your life and then 30 years of nothing. We believe that this is a time that people need to really think about what does life look like and how do I how do I, you know, go into this to this next phase with kind of a, a deliberate plan, a plan that actually can can change, but not just sort of one day I'm like just going to wake up and, and figure it all out. Because I think what ends up happening is people end up settling for things or they're doing something that, you know, oh, do you want to do this? And you go, oh, that sounds like fun. And you go off and say yes to things that you don't want to do. And so, and you can fill your time. Like it's easy to stay busy but are you fulfilled? And so that's really, I think, what we what propels us is how do we get have people have as much purpose and fulfillment and sense of identity as they had throughout their careers in this next chapter? And I believe it will propel you to health and happiness for you know into your 90s. And if and if you end up in a space where you're just kind of doing things and oh, I'm busy. I hear a lot of people say, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. I'm like, well, what what? gives you passion what what lights you up like that's that's some sort of work that you need to do and i think it's super important to to think about it and you know as i said earlier you could start retiring before you retire but don't don't just wake up one day and say okay i'm gonna retire i'm gonna figure it out and some people do don't get me wrong those are probably the people who have gone off and done a lot of different career changes and they're used to sort of pivoting and and trying new things but it isn't in everyone's DNA. And so it is a time to be thoughtful and deliberate about planning this stage of your life as you did, you know, planning your others. Think about college planning and how much time goes into college planning. Okay, that's four years of life. This is 30 years of your life. So you spend more time planning for college than you do for, uh, you know, a, a chapter that should be filled with health and happiness. I think too, just to add to that, that 
you know, all those other things about, you know, going to school, getting a job or getting like post-secondary, getting a job, having a family, perhaps. There's so much societal expectation around all of that, whereas there is a heck of a lot less societal expectation about that 70 to 100 age bracket, because it wasn't that many years ago that somebody reached 100. And it's like, oh, my God, do you believe how old they are? They've made 100. It was just this whole exciting, unique thing, whereas now it's it's not unusual at all. I, I play golf with a couple 87 year olds and they're amazing. Right. But yes, it is. And, and there is ages. I mean, that's, what's also horrible is there's ageism out there and there's discrimination and there shouldn't be because this is a, you know, we are a generation of successful people with great minds and it should not be the generation that we just push aside, but, but um, sadly there is some of that, but yeah, I think, you know, living to a hundred is, 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 it's not, the exception it's anymore it's it's happening all the time successful people with great minds something tells me i should have ended the podcast right there <laughs> <laughs> okay your company is called the future of you mm-hmm. you have tools and guidance can you tell us about that please yeah so we have a digital program called our jump starter program and it is a six module program that helps you we, we have four steps to it you first rebalance your life portfolio. So we have you think about those five sectors of your of your life. Then we do this purpose work that has you really connecting to your purpose. And it's it's kind of simple and but really profound is like, what are your gifts and what are your passions? And then once you do that, then we do this section called activate retriment. And that's our new term on, on retirement is retriment. So it's all about generating lots of new ideas because you understand what your purpose is. And then you go out and experiment and then we have you sort of launch your life plan. And so this program is robust with our own research, the, the our four-step process, but we bring in TED Talks and we have other readings that you want to do. Like there's a Harvard Business uh, Review article called Design and Retirement that excites you. We do some transition work. We do mindset work. And there's a journal that goes along with it. So it's a six-week self-directed program. We also have coaching that you could do on top of it. So if you wanted to have a coach help you at sort of inflection points in in the program, we do that. That program with coaching is called Jumpstarter Plus. And then we have an accelerator program that we do typically in corporations called which is a six week virtual course that we do with like 10 to 12 people. And so it's a cohort group that they go through the same program as the online one, but we're facilitating it. So you have group discussion and the ideation stuff is with other people, but it's, it's really quite robust, but all of it is been researched. It's, it's based on the experiences of real people. It's got lots of expert content and interactive exercises. And I know People might think like, I need to take a course to plan my life, but it's powerful stuff because it does get you thinking and it gets you launched in a, in a, in a whole new way. Because again, not much planning goes into this, this part of your life. And we believe it, it, we sh- that people should take as much time planning this phase of their lives as they had in earlier ones. The, the thought that came to mind as you were explaining was that corporate program that you offer I would suggest possibly is 
severely underutilized. I think so many companies, they're so good at onboarding, but when it comes to the opposite end, they just, oh yeah, no, that's done. You know, yeah. I've paid them out so that I'm done now. Totally, totally. I, that is, and it's, it's, it's interesting to start having the conversations with folks in the HR space who are realizing like, wow. And I think some of our clients have come from academia and so, you know, they, they've seen the people who stay in academia forever, <laughs> you know, and that, and so there is a lens, you know, we also believe that there's people who are of retirement age that get this. So, you know, many of our, our clients tend to be, tend to be of retirement age thinking about it for themselves and realizing like there's, there's nothing to offer, but yeah, I think it is, it is a, it's an opportunity for corporations. And we think it is, as you mentioned, an underserved population that should be, that should be, you know, we should give them a benefit, you know, and you know what, you do this for employees and they tell you where they work. They're your brand ambassadors for future customers and future employees. And so you have goodwill at the end of somebody's career. You're going to get benefit from that. Maybe you can't measure it, but sure, you're going to get a lot of benefit because people are going to walk out with, a, you know, a, a sense of pride in what their organization offered them at that at this phase in their life. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's quick to uh, find those sites where you can evaluate a workplace. And, uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But you're right on the, we'd spent, they spent a lot of time bringing people on into the organization, but not many. And if you look at the, you know, the millennials, part of the reason I did that work um, on the multi-generational workforce is because these millennials were coming, they'd stay two years and leave, or they'd want to, now I'm generalizing about a population, but they'd want like a, you know, a, promotion after six months. And so people were like perplexed because you have all these boomers here. Like we've spent our entire career building it. And then you have another generation who has a different mindset about work. And it, it kind of was a little bit of a disruptor in the workplace. Um, but you spent a lot of time onboarding people who might leave in two or three or five years. But the people who stayed in your organization for 15, 20, 30. We've even had people who are in organizations for 40 years. Like, how are you, how, why aren't you giving them a benefit? Because it is, they've, they've been loyal to you versus, you know, maybe these people who you onboard and spend all this time to only to leave a couple of years later. I, I need to add in one small response that I always have. And I'm not saying you've complained. I'm, I'm just saying if anybody does complain about millennials, I always say like, who raised them? <laughs> exactly. I wasn't confined. I'm just saying they just Yeah, no, no, and I want to clarify that you want. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. We all did. We raised them. And I think that but they were a disruptor in the workforce that took leadership by surprise. They all wanted to like study millennials, like what just happened, you know, and and in the world of financial services where you're giving them series, you know, they're getting their licenses and then they're leaving, it's incredibly expensive. And so you know, that that was, I think, it, it was almost good because it kind of kind of opened up people's eyes to, you know, you might not have a generation of, of lifetime employees anymore. So what are you going to do? Yeah. But there is a generation of lifetime employees that are still there working very hard for you. Yeah. Um, I did dig around your website. Uh, you have a jump starter preview course. We do. For free. Yes, we do. For free for free. <laughs> yep. Got to add in that part in. 
so they can yep. sign up. Yeah, we just wanted people to get a sample. So we took one module from each of our six, one one lesson or whatever you want to call it, video from each of our, our six modules so that people could get a flavor for what it is. And it, it will give them a little bit of the roadmap and give a, a flavor, but it's, you know, it, to to go out and just at least sample it, it's it's a great experience. And if you don't want to go further, you don't have to. But it is it is on our website at thefutureofview.com. And it's a it's a great way to just sample what we offer and figure out if it if it works for you or not. I would suggest that probably once people get a, a taste, they realize how much they don't know and how valuable knowing more would be. And so they should probably you know, tr try the, the free preview, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely move on. And yeah. And, and I think you've got to have the the mindset that I, you know, it, I need to plan this next chapter. And I think there are people who are very nervous about and anxious and like, what, what is next? And there's other people who just like, ah, I'll just wing it. But so I think there's a, you know, there's an emotional connection to like, I, I really have to figure this out. And that that's like the perfect person. But yes, I think anyone could go through it and it will give them a great sort of taste of the future of you. Great. Okay. So you did say the future of you.com mm -hmm. and you're on social. We are. We're on LinkedIn and Facebook. Okay. Website link is always in the show notes. All the links are on your page at boomwithabang.com. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening, or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's Podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where that you can. They help us grow. Share this episode. Many of you are considering what the next chapter will look like. So are your friends. There are so many choices around retirement lifestyle nowadays. Whether this is your next chapter or your last chapter, make sure it's written by you. Nan Ives, thank you for being my guest today and reminding us that retirement is no longer about who has the best rocking chair. <laughs> That's a great line, Agnes. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you. Have a great rest of the week. You too.